Welcome to part two of our discussion of the COVID-19 epidemic. I know that a lot of you are getting tired of finding this on the radio, and so I'll just say up front, that is what we're going to talk about. I think from maybe a different perspective than you've been hearing in the news. Um, In the news, there's a lot of panic, there's a lot of uncertainty, and we want to look at it from an opposite angle here at uh, Disclosure. My name is Sean Boonstra, and uh, we are virtually wrapped in saran wrap. And uh, we are hermetically sealed in individual rooms in the basement. We are going through this with all of you. I want to say this, that we pre-recorded this show. Last week we talked about COVID-19 and we decided let's just keep talking while we still can go to our building because, as you know, the news shifts every day. And so you're listening to me a week after I say these things, uh, a week after all of us say these things. In studio with me today is the lovely and talented Jean Boonstra, my wife Hi. of many decades. Many decades. Well, almost three now. Yeah, yeah almost three. And <laughs> producer, uh, executive producer for this program, Ruben Gomez, in the control booth, isolated from us because we don't trust your hand washing practices. You know, I don't trust my hand washing practices either, so yeah. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we're just going to. We should just have you shrink wrapped. That'd be the safest thing of all. <laughs> Right. I get claustrophobic. Do you? So, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure we could get you through the laminating machine. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then in the dark way behind them, sitting way out in the hinterland at a safe uh, 3,000 feet away from me and behind two panes of glass. Well, actually, they're double panes, right? So it's yeah. four panes yeah. of glass. Four panes of glass. Joel and Harim sitting in the dark, riding out the, uh, riding out the virus in the basement of our building here in Loveland, Colorado. And I know a lot of you, so actually, if you're with us on Facebook Live, you can watch how we do this, and you will be underwhelmed by my professionalism (laughs) and my ability, because you'll just see us the way we are in studio. But I've committed a major faux pas that I need to explain. I'm wearing the same clothes one week to the next. I'm a man of simple taste. Here's what I can do. What I'll do is take my coat off, and it's a new look for a new week. Mind blown. Now, You'll notice my hair isn't any longer, and here's the challenge we face in Colorado. They've shut down all the barbers and hairdressers till the end of April, right. and uh, eventually you're going to see me sitting here looking like Sasquatch. I, uh, I'm a gifted hair grower. You are. And I'm really a little shaggy, and it's still five weeks till they open the barber shop again. And so I've put my wife on duty saying, guess what? You have to learn. And I'm a little scared, and I think you're a little scared. You're a little scared. I'm yeah. terrified. We're going to take out the wall clippers I, and I already go did after some, it. I already did a little bit of preliminary research on yeah. YouTube for yeah. um, how-to videos, and uh, watching them just made me more nervous. Really? So I wonder if we should invest <laughs> in a Floby. I wonder do. if we should invest in a Floby. Um, Remember Floby, the I one do. that you attach to your vacuum cleaner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you vacuum your head with a set of clippers. Yeah, I that seemed like a good idea. It just sucks up the I'll hair tell you what, shaving. If I can find one on eBay, I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> yeah, actually, everybody will be able to see it when I come back to studio and I've had a Floby haircut. Yeah. Um, I'm t- might I'm be really time to just wash to my hair. hair with Nair and just t- get rid of my hair for <laughs> no, a few weeks. No, don't do that. No. Yeah. Well, anyway, that would explain it. When I look, I was, I'm was i from the 60s, as you pointed out before we started the show. Mm-hmm. And um, if my hair gets way down to, I, I mean, I was born a hippie. That's just the explanation. My problem is, is my hair doesn't go down. It goes yeah. straight up. I've You're got curly hair. You're just going to get a big afro. Yeah. You're not going to get long not hair. To You're going to en- get poofy hair. Yeah, not to endorse the Simpsons at all as a Christian show, because they're barely Christian at all. I mean, they're anti some days, but... I get what I would call the Marge Simpson. My hair just goes straight up in a pile. 
That's what I get going on. So anyway, you know, haircuts aside, there is something serious going on, and we decided to just stick around in studio, and you'll be getting this a week later. Um, we're talking about what is going on in this world. And and last week, we, we shared some of the good news. There are some silver linings in all of this heartache. I get it. The markets are collapsing. As of the time of recording, they had collapsed 11,000 points and barely bounced back like 500. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, getting to the age where I watch, okay, I don't have very much saved up. What happened to my savings? Well, it's right. it's it's half gone now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of fear and anxiety, and um, I wanted to keep talking. And I know many of you are sick and tired of hearing about COVID-19. Uh, bear with us for a few moments before you give up. Maybe we'll have something that you can hang on to that's better than the bad news that comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm just like you. Last night I uh, couldn't sleep because we had to work through a number of issues here at the Voice of Prophecy office. How in the world do we keep a self-funded ministry going and not shut the doors and help protect the 40 people and their families that work here and set up remote offices for them in harmony with CDC recommendations and the orders coming coming from the governor's office and and so on. And so I lay awake a lot at night. It's not panic or worry, but I, I sit there thinking. And I thought last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll turn on the radio. Oh, my goodness. It's just nothing but bad news. And mm-hmm. I was begging and gasping, please, somebody run anything, anything other than a COVID-19 mm-hmm. story. And mm-hmm. Here we are doing a COVID-19 story today again. And we have no idea, by the way. Again, this is recorded a week early. We don't. We know it shifts every single day. It does. The landscape yeah. shifts. Everything changes. And we have no idea what seven days from now is going to look like. You're listening to me seven days later. And so we may say, say things that aren't true anymore. Mm-hmm. And just know that that was a week ago. Um, we're doing this mm-hmm. in advance. And uh, one of the silver linings we looked at was the way that community is being restored to well, not just the American public, but Western civilization in a way that hasn't been there in a while. We are very isolated people, um, very well, self-contained people, but community starting to show up again. Yeah, even more than Western civilization. It's, it's you know, across the board. Sure. Um, I know in, in our own experience, this, this past weekend, went for a walk because we had a huge snowstorm. Yep. And then, thankfully, as Colorado Springs are, the snowstorm was followed by warm, sunny weather, and everything Got started to melt. Got bad news for you. Got bad news for you. I know. You. There's more snow coming. Yeah, four more days, several Ugh. more inches of snow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I went out for a walk, and... Um, I saw people out walking in my neighborhood, and I thought, I have never seen these people ever mm-hmm. before. <laughs> yeah. And you know the regular walkers, right? There's mm-hmm. a handful. I know them a mile away because right. of the same people every morning. You're right. There were new people out there. Yeah, new dogs, all kinds of people that I had <laughs> no idea lived in my neighborhood. So. Yeah, boredom and yeah. cabin fever, I think, a little bit. So, Yeah, we're looking at some of the community, and you, if you didn't catch last week's program, you need to go back and look at it. Ruben had some marvelous ideas in his neighborhood, the way you have a Facebook community page for your neighborhood and sort of helping each other through this thing, right? Yeah, people have been amazing. This is this is uh, something that came together. I mean, the page was launched a long time ago by by people in our neighborhood, but but when when this crisis came up, everybody's talking about how they can help each other. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's looking out for each other. And and uh, as I mentioned on the last program, we are putting teddy bears in our windows so that yeah. children okay. can go for walks with their families and look for the teddy bears in the. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to put a teddy bear in my window. I wonder it's if that fun. catches on or not. I, I've got my <laughs> teddy bear also uh, in his fifties. Poor yeah, teddy bear. The poor teddy bear. <laughs> and he's looking just about as rough as I am these days. And maybe I'll give him a hair. Why don't you practice on the teddy bear first with the haircuts? 
on the 50-year-old teddy bear? No, maybe I don't not. think so. Maybe not. <laughs> I wonder if we could still get a wig out of Goodwill and you could practice on that first and I could estimate your skill level before well, you I take the scissors I, to my hair. I'll definitely practice on my own hair before I practice on oh, you. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a haircut. No, I'll do my yeah, own. Right, Thanks, right. though. <laughs> let's, let's move into another phase of this discussion, because we really didn't get into a lot of Bible study. We prayed for people out there, and Stephanie, I don't know what's going on in your life since, because I recorded this a week ago, but we're praying about you and your family situation. We're praying over a lot of your families as you face uncertainty and a little bit of fear, and I want to talk about fear a little bit this week, I, I think, because I signed off last week saying, look, um, there is hope in in Christ. And those of you who know Christ, maybe hold that hope out to people who are facing uncertainty without the hope that we have. Mm -hmm. And I asked a question last week that I think I want to kick off with again, even if we review it a little bit. And it has to do with panic. Obviously, there's panic. I've been watching this thing and and I said, man, there's a run on toilet paper. Next, there's going to be, and I don't have the prophetic gift, but I did get a few things right. Man, there's going to be a run on Purell. Sure enough, a run on Purell. Then I said something I could barely believe. There's going to be a run on food. And and I disagreed with you. Yeah, you At did. At that point, I said to you, no. I don't win very many arguments. Right. <laughs> and, I, and, and I've tried to be smart with this whole thing. Um, as I saw the numbers in Washington State, I thought, well, it's only a matter of time before our right. state has. And so I, I was smart, and I just made sure that we were stocked up on the essentials. I didn't go crazy. But then you said there'll be a run on food, and I, I, I remember distinctly saying to you, no, there won't. Even in Italy, they're fine with food. Yeah. But that was not the case. And if I, Italy runs out of food, the world has ended. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so. You know, I, I've never seen empty shelves in my entire life the way I've seen them in the last oh, week I have, but I haven't seen them here. You know, I, I often think of third world countries and stuff, and I think the panic breeds panic. The yes. minute somebody hears, man, there wasn't a lot of food, oh, man, we better all get down there and clean out the shelves, and the produce department was yep. empty. Mm-hmm. Here's here's one that I laugh at. I'm a, you know, we're, we're a lifetime, well, not lifetime, we're longtime vegetarians, and so you go in there, and the meat counter's wiped out. You're laughing. You know what I'm going to say, uh-huh. don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you find the same thing? Yeah. What did you see? Absolutely. I saw I, all the beef is gone, all the chicken's gone. And yeah, the veggie meat is all there. Yeah, yeah all the veggie still meat there. Is fully there. stocked, which is great yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know, veggies, right? you know yeah. that yeah. we yeah. haven't right. hit the very bottom yet. of panic because when that comes, they'll be buying up the tofu burgers right. too, right? <laughs> you know what else was there? What all the sweet treats? Really? Yeah, Let, you know all the cakes and brownies. It, well, now that's that. interesting. That was all there. Ooh, that was all there. Was it, all there. You know, like I, I. I saw a, train, a trend, you know, it was the, the toilet paper first and hand sanitizer, which seemed to be like the obvious knee jerk. And then mm-hmm. and then it was yeah. the bread and the pastas and the beans, the things that can get you through Rice. a hurricane or an earthquake right. or a big mm-hmm. snowstorm. Right. Um, and then it's it just kind of trickles down. Now it's other things, you know, um, Hopefully it's not the toothpaste next, right? Oh. But I think it's don't just even gonna, say I, these yeah, things right. on the air. On the By air, the time we get out of studio, the toothpaste gone. is going to be gone. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ruben. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that people are responding to that, yeah. and we keep hearing there's nothing wrong with the supply line. In in the big picture, there's not. That's right. In the little picture, yeah, we've yeah. got shortages because of 
of panic. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I want to spend a little time today talking about why we shouldn't be panicking as believers and why panicking is not appropriate uh, for the believer and what the alternative is. And I want to talk about the difference between panic and preparedness, caution and faith, those kinds of things. I think we want to spend time on that. So if you have a Bible in your house, there's been no run on Bibles yet, but I suspect if times get tough, it'll be interesting to see if there's Mm -hmm. a run on Bibles. Um, Go get one. We're going to have to take a break here in about, ooh, 70 seconds. And um, and so you might want to get one because today we're going to take a look at, um, at Bible passages, promises from God, places that we can anchor our courage and our faith as we all ride this out together as a nation. And so I hope you'll stay tuned, because uh, whether you happen to be a Christian or not, a believer in God or not, I think you'll find it encouraging that all of us, regardless of our background and communities, we're going through this thing together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that togetherness is starting to show, and it's the silver lining around what is proving to be a bad problem. Yeah, we have some stories of selfishness. Yes, we have some stories of panic. Yeah, we've got some people doing some horrible things, but 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 wade through the garbage and have a look at the way that people are refinding themselves and we're refinding our communities and then be a part of that. That's my encouragement to you. We do have to take a break. We have just the thing for you to do in your self-isolation at home, and that's get to know your Bible better. So here's an incredible resource from the good people at The Voice of Prophecy, and I'll be right Right back. Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888 888- Four five six seven nine three three for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers and guides like, Does My Life Really Matter to God? and A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. back from the break. You're listening to Disclosure from the Voice of Prophecy. We are hunkered down in the basement of our building, appropriately social distanced from each other, and you're listening to something we recorded, oh, about a week ago or so, or maybe even a little bit more, um, because we just wanted to, while we can be here together, just talk a little bit about what we're all going through collectively as a nation and as a planet, and that is the COVID-19 thing. And One of the things that happened around here, I said in the first segment, is, man, they, they closed all the barbers and the hairdressers, no more haircuts. And I was thinking about this during the break. You know, I have no problem pulling out the clippers and chopping off my beard. I do it. I did it this morning. I just cut the beard down. 
and yet I'm scared to take those same clippers to my head. But I think on your head, you're not going for uniform length everywhere. No. I think that might look weird. I'd look like a chia pet. According to the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a really funny mental image there. Yeah, yeah it was a good yeah. visual. According to the YouTube videos I've been studying, no, you have to like do certain, do it shorter here, mm-hmm. and then you have to do it longer here, and then you have to blend it in. It's very intimidating. Okay, we're I just gonna to we're you. just gonna let her go. I might be I might be wearing a baseball hat eventually, and it might be sitting a little high from all the hair. But I guess if you give me a bad haircut, I could fill in the holes with chia seeds. There you go. Right, that yeah, stuff looks like it grows. An I mean, when you look at the TV ad, it grows in ten seconds. Right there, you go. Yeah, replacement yeah. hair. Replacement. <laughs> all right, let's let's get down to some. We were talking about panic and why we don't have to panic in this thing. Should we be panicking, you guys? Um, your thoughts on on the panic and how to resolve panic and some of those things. I know, Ruben, in the break or before we started the show, you were talking a little bit about panic and some of the effects that it has on a human being. And uh, to be clear, none of us are psychiatrists, psychologists, but um, we're experiencing the same things you are and learning coping mechanisms. And we're going to actually, I think, try to get Jennifer Jill Schwerzer on here eventually. She is our resident psychologist, Mm -hmm. and she can maybe help us navigate some of those feelings, perhaps. And uh, But... uh, I know you had some thoughts that you put into the whole issue of panic. Yeah, you know, it, it, the the issue of panic is is I think we established um, our views, which is it's just not helpful. Um, but but what is understandable is the anxiety that's surrounding all of what's happening for mm. for kids, for parents who are just trying to support their families, the financial crisis. Am I going to get sick? All of that. That's understandable. I mean, if you don't get some sort of worry, I think, I think that's sure. going to be the rarity, right? But, um, but what we have to avoid doing is, is trying to let that guide our decision making. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article from Psychology Today by um, a guy named Chris Berglund, um, who says anxiety disengages neurons in the prefrontal cron- cortex, which is linked to decision making. So, right. yeah, and this comes from a study at the University of um, Pittsburgh. Um, it, it, it literally disrupts decision making, which often leads to poor choices like not thinking about your neighbor when you clear out the store shelf or, right, you know, right? Mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then I'm reminded of, of the biblical, you know, promises that we have in the, you know, in, in scripture. Um, These things I've spoken to you that in me you have, may have peace in the world. You have, will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Wow. And so I'm thinking about, well, how do you, how do you counter the anxiety? There's a lot of things you can do, be present in the moment, but there's a lot of Bible promises well, on this, too. So mm-hmm. Psalms says, be still and know that I am God, and that's in the midst of a suddenly the numbers availing. It's either in the 40s or the 50s or the 20s, One of, it's, with the, the, the verse I'm referring oh. to. Yeah, it's either in the Psalm 20 through 29 or 40 through 59. It's somewhere in there. It's Something. in the Psalms. Yeah, you know, as Paul always says, somewhere it is written, and suddenly it's, but be still and know that I am God is in the midst of describing a world in turmoil, war, and turbulence, and so on. And living in the present means stop for a minute. Yeah. Stop for a minute. Mm-hmm. And anchor yourself right now. Right. right now, what is my family's need? Not 10 years out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right now, what is my family's need? And, mm-hmm. and we said last uh, program, man, you know, it's one thing to say, I trust God when everything's rosy and your paycheck's coming in and the roof isn't leaking and nobody's sick. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be still when those things start to go wrong. 
And uh, I like what you said about the prefrontal cortex. I've often taught, look, this is why it's important for believers to spend time hiding the word, you know, hiding the word of God in their hearts. You know, and uh, the Bible says that you do that so that you don't end up sinning against God. In a panic moment, you override decision making and you go to the old filing cabinet and whatever you stuffed in there over all these years, the movies, the books, everything's in there. And your brain takes over and without asking you what you want, goes in there and grabs information to deal with the present crisis. And it'll say, take all the toilet paper, take uh-huh. all the, you know, panic, panic, panic. Um, it's why it's important in the good times to put the right information in the filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So, um, you know, you said a moment ago that uh, I believe you said, Reuben, it's it's one thing to exercise natural concern. What's a what's the difference? Is it a lack of faith to take precautions? Do you think? No. No. I, I mean, I think we are, all of us, we're all parents here. We're responsible for our families. We're responsible to um, take practical steps to make sure our families are well. And, Sean, you and I, we spent a lot of time with others on our administrative team over the weekend and early in this past week uh, thinking about our VOP family, our Voice of Prophecy right. family, our ministry family. You know, so being proactive and, and, and making smart decisions is is not a lack of faith. In fact, it's us being good stewards of what God has given us. I think also when we talk about panic versus making informed and smart steps, I think when I, I can just speak personally, when I start to feel anxious or worried about something and those that those kind of panicky decisions start to jump in. I, I sense that. I sense when I'm not being rational. <laughs> and um, it really helps me to force myself to step out of that mode, which for me becomes selfish. When I'm in that p- panicking decision, I, I'm thinking about me and, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my family members and I'm not thinking about my neighbors. I'm not thinking about um, other people that, I, that are in my community. And so I think when we force ourselves to step back and think about all of us, those around us, those, those extended from us, those around us even globally as mm-hmm. humanity, um, it takes away some of that anxiety and it makes it more sure. rational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know that um, I have some people that say, man, it's a lack of faith if you're preparing and you're putting a little extra aside. Not hoarding, but putting a little extra aside. But I, you know, the Bible always encourages preparedness. You go to the book of Proverbs. One of the best known Proverbs is Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Right. Consider her ways and be wise. Why? Because one. the ant is industrious. They provide for the colony and they're laying by, you know, well, it's the old Aesop's fable, the rest is the same thing, right? The grasshopper goofs off and the ant is working and prepares for winter to come. I'm probably conflating the two in my mind, but, you know, don't be lazy. Prepare. Mm-hmm. And there's, it is not a lack of faith. Jesus said, while well, we're waiting for him to come, and I believe Jesus is coming again, and I think it's sooner than some of us suspect. But in the meantime, I don't know when that will be. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when that will be. But in Luke 19, in the parable of the servants, he says occupy till I come. So what you do is you plan for your family like Jesus isn't coming in your lifetime, but you live like he is. 
And so is there a sin in laying by some money for your retirement or to provide for you and your spouse in your old age? No. no. If you suspect there's going to be a run on food or we're going to be isolated in our homes, there's nothing wrong with getting a little extra and putting it in the deep freeze to make sure that you provide for your family. The right. Bible talks about it's a sin not to provide for your family if right. you can. Right. There's a radical difference between panic and preparation. Mm -hmm. And there is no, you know, there is no cognitive dissonance. There's no dissonance mm -hmm. between faith and caution. Mm -hmm. Faith and caution. Good faith acts responsibility. Good faith acts and takes your part wherever you can go. There's one one chapter I've been dwelling on a lot. Did you bump the microphone in there? <laughs> this Guilty. is professional radio. Yeah. <laughs> one passage our family, and I in particular, have been claiming for both my family and the Voice of Prophecy here is one that you may want to spend some hours in. Maybe we'll get a chance today to look at some of it, but it's Psalm 91. And it talks about God providing for his people, and it mentions pestilence and plague. It really does. Um, and there's some elements there that, that, that maybe we'll have time to look at today, but there's one spot in particular um, where it says that God is your buckler and your shield. And here's the question that I've got for you. What's a buckler? A buckler is a tiny little shield that you strap to your forearm so that you can use it while you're sword fighting. Here's the image. God still expects you to do something about your situation and not be lazy or sluggish mm -hmm. and fight the battle to your extent, but you know that you have the shield of God on your forearm and that mm -hmm. he can handle things for you. Mm -hmm. And so faith is always a faith that acts. That's the principle in the entire book of James. Faith acts, and people with faith continue to act, occupy till I come. That same passage, just one other point here from Man, I, I chatted up the whole segment, but one other point from Psalm 91 is verse 11. You'll notice that it says, he will give his angels charge over you. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that mm -hmm. Satan grabs that verse in the temptation of Christ. He just grabs that verse and says, throw yourself off the temple, for he, God says his angels will have charge. He takes that verse and tempts Jesus, and Jesus says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. There's a line between faith and presumption. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with adequate caution and placing your faith in God. Mm -hmm. and then we could probably talk about the other side of that. Presumption is the other thing. Well, I'll just mention it. I saw a, uh, saw a church that defied everything. We're defying the governor's orders. We have 1,000 members. We're opening our church anyway. God is on our side. Really? Are we going to ask God to protect us when he tells us to use common sense and consider our other, our neighbor in love and right. so on, and right. we're just going to risk everybody? Mm -hmm. You know, come to church, pick up coronavirus, you might be fine, take it home to your elderly grandmother. Right, right. You know, or, or someone with a, right. a compromised condition. Right. So telling God I'm going to do something irresponsible, I'm going to toss myself off the temple, and your angels are going to catch me. That's not faith either. And these are issues that I think we have a moment as Christians to slow down in an actual crisis and think about some of these issues. Mm -hmm. How does the believer respond to these things? How do you exercise caution without panic? How do you exercise faith and not give up your responsibilities to exercise caution? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean, I happen to have with me in studio today, I grabbed my NLT Bible, which is my morning, I call it yeah. my journaling Bible, yeah. because I always have one Bible that I mark up um, with promises and prayers and all kinds yeah. of things. And so this version of Psalm 91, which you've been studying with our family and with our, our VOP family, verse 11, it says, for he will 
order his angels to protect you wherever you go. And hmm. that's that's a beautiful promise, isn't it? Yeah, there is something else in that mm-hmm. promise that we probably should pay attention to. And I know that we're about 60 seconds from a break. But you'll notice that these promises that God provides are for people who love the Lord. And so it is a two-way street. And I'll say this before the break, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. If you want God to keep his promises to you, I think there's a relationship there, and we ought to be doing what we can to keep our promises to God. We promise to walk with him. We promise to follow Jesus and trust him. And so it's a bit of a two-way street. God doesn't just apply his promises to you if you don't want them. And, uh, and sometimes we have to take what God gives us. We have examples in the Bible where Paul said, man, I've got an illness and I prayed three times it wouldn't be taken away. It would be taken away and it didn't happen. And so he says, I'm just going to trust God from this point. And trust is a big part of the equation because God eventually keeps every single one of his promises, whether now or in the kingdom. He keeps every one of them. And so we can approach this with some calmness. I do need to panic a little bit, though, because there's five seconds to a break. So I'll take a little panic and quit and I'll come back in just a moment. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program, Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, (laughs) Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. And we are back from the break. And we started talking about the things you can't get in the grocery store right now, and we're all starving suddenly. Like, you mentioned hummus in the break, and it's like, mmm, hummus. I wonder if there's any hummus on the shelf. Now that I've said that on air, it'll be cleaned out by the time I can get to Safeway. <laughs> I'm going to Sam's away. Club after this. Go, get, <laughs> go stock up on it. Can you freeze hummus? Uh, I don't know. Not. It'll uh, probably change the consistency to freeze yeah. it. Hey, yeah. if you have a Bible in your home, I was referring to Psalm 91, and I would encourage you... Maybe you don't even necessarily believe in God, but maybe you want to take a look at this now that you watch the world sort of losing its bearings and people panicking. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And here's what the believer has in this equation. We don't have to panic. We exercise caution. We obviously do. We're rational. It's a rational faith. We don't uh, we don't practice presumption. Presumption is not what faith is. We take the measures we can, and then we stand. I love this this chapter. It says, He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions in this version. Pinions are your wing feathers. This is really intimate. It's like a mother hen covering her chicks, which is actually the image that Jesus used for Jerusalem. Right. Right? Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies 
rise by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Uh, where is it here? No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. He will command his angels concerning you. It's a marvelous psalm. Spend some hours there. You know, instead of wasting these hours on Netflix, grab your Bible. Maybe it's been mm-hmm. a while since you had time for serious Bible study. Here's a great place to start, especially if you're feeling some worry. I want to say this about God's promises, and I said this just before the break, and I need to underline this. What we have as believers is the peace that passes understanding. We have a calmness of heart that there is a God who is in control. So no matter what happens, none of us gets off this earth alive. And even for some believers, you may end up with COVID-19 and it may get serious. I don't know. But if you look at the examples in the Bible, you find Paul saying, I asked, I have, an, I have an ailment. We think it was his eyesight. We don't know with 100% certainty. I've asked God three times to take this away from me, and he didn't, so I'm going to trust him. Here's what I know about all of God's promises, especially the ones for healing and so on. He's going to keep them to you. He's going to keep those promises. The, um, and it's a matter of timing. Sometimes God says, right now I'm going to heal you. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he says, this is going to be at the right moment so everybody can see that I'm here. And sometimes he says, yes, I'm going to heal you. It's going to be in the kingdom. And our job is to trust. And the thing that brings peace is not the healing, mm-hmm. although I want that. Obviously, I want that. It's the trust. Right. I don't have to handle this. God will handle it. I can take this item off of my mental bookshelf and put it over here under God's dealing with it, and I can attend to other things. And that's given me some peace of mind. And and so that's it. And it does say, and I'll, I'll let you guys share some of your favorite promises here. In Psalm 91, verse 14, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. This is God speaking. I will protect him because he knows my name. It does indicate a two way street. You know, God makes these promises, but he doesn't force a relationship on us. And I I would suggest to everybody, this is a good time for you to review your relationship with God. God, have I kept the promises I've made to you? I know I'm a sinner and I can't do, you know, I'm just not perfect and I have failed in so many ways, but I've been doing it. And God speaks to you in those quiet hours when you're isolated at home with your Bible open. And God says, actually, there's one area that our relationship could be a lot stronger, Sean. Maybe the worry. Maybe the worry could be a little bit better. You know, that was one that struck me, and and, um, if we had time. I mean, read Matthew chapter 6, Jesus on worry. He doesn't say try not to worry. He commands you not to. And so, Yeah, exactly. So it is a two-way street. So this is a great time, as Paul says, to take personal inventory of your relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. so I'm asking God to keep his promises. I believe personally that God loves when you underline his promises in your Bible and say, I'd like you to keep this one for me and my family. I believe that with all my heart. But at the same time, God says, I'd like you to keep your promises to me too, please. Mm-hmm. Not that not that God won't, you know, not that it's an equal relationship, never will be, but it's not a forced relationship, right. and God right. would like a relationship. He's not a heavenly dispensing, you know, he's not a heavenly vending machine. Mm-hmm. What are some of the promises yeah. you guys are looking at at a time like this? Well, I'm, ju- I'm just looking at that verse you just shared, which was mm-hmm. Psalm 91, verse 14. And then the beginning of verse 15 does say, when they call on me, I will answer. That's what my version here says. That's how it places it. So, yeah, it is, it is about that relationship with God. Sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where have you been in your Bible? Well, I have a I have kind of a little package of, of verses oh. that, I, that really have been speaking Go. to me here that, that that kind of tie into the whole anxiety topic that we've been talking about. And you, you mentioned it, um, Sean, you know, Jesus commands us not to worry. In Luke 12, 25 and 26, it says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? 
since you cannot do this very little thing, why you, why do you worry about the rest? Wow, does that ever suddenly stand right? off the page in an environment like this? Yeah, yeah. And, and to yeah. me that says, read between the lines, it's talking about being present in the moment, caring for your family's needs, your neighbor's needs now, and not 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 panicking about the future, uh, trying to trying to stay present. You know, in therapy, we're, we're often taught to be mindful of the moment. They, you know, they say right. meditate and pray and focus on the beauty that surrounds us as a way to fight anxiety and stress and worry. You know, they say can literally rewire the brain. But in my head, the Bible has been onto this for, for a couple thousand years. Um, <laughs> Philippians yeah. talks about finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever, mm. whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If any of these is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And then there's a, an excellent promise about what God will do. He doesn't say he's going to heal you. Uh, you're not always guaranteed that, but what, what he can give you is he can give you peace. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is worth more. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I went through an illness some years ago that was scary, and that's the lesson I learned. And uh, it got very concerning for us at one point, and I thought, and I had to face, man, is this it? Am I about to cross the line? Am I done here? And since that experience, God taught me a few lessons. I haven't learned them perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like, what would you do to stop it anyway, you mm -hmm. idiot? You know, we're all going to hit that <laughs> moment where it's over. Right. It's so take. I was looking at that one about worry in Matthew chapter 6, mm -hmm. where Jesus, and it's a command, and he spends 10 verses on this or more. Yeah, 10 verses on this. Matthew 6, 25 through 24, 34, and I'm like, be not anxious about your life. It's like, what? What will you eat or what will you drink? <laughs> Nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? And uh, and then, you know, verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Right? He says the heathen worry about these things. You have a heavenly father. Ouch. The heathen worry about right, these things, right. and here I am. I'm worrying like a heathen. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the um, if you look at the theme in the Bible from the very beginning, we're kicked out of paradise because we broke our covenant with God. God invites us back into that covenant through the blood of Christ. But what does everybody else do? Right away, you have them building cities and putting their security in whatever security they can build for themselves. And the Bible picture is all those earthly kingdoms are going to fail. Mm -hmm. So here's what it says, verse 34. Therefore, do not. I, do, I can't be a heathen. I can't look to what I can provide for security. I have a heavenly Father. Would you stop worrying? Jesus says, and it's not even a question; it's a command. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Verse thirty-four. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And here's the line for right now. I think sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh -huh. mm. Sufficient under the day is the evil thereof. In the old English, and it's like you know what? You're right. Today, food on the table take care of my kids' worry and panic, pray with my family. I can't fix tomorrow anyway, so let's fix tomorrow when tomorrow arrives, mm -hmm. and let's do this one day at a time and trust there is a God who's watching over all of this. Well, right. I'm, and we've actively had to... to to remind ourselves to do that, haven't we, Sean? Because we've just been we've been dealing with making decisions so quickly, both for our kids, oh, I know. For our, Snap our home, our for our, mm -hmm. our staff, our our coworkers here, and we've had to say to each other, "Okay, we're going to worry about this today. <laughs> that other thing, we're gonna we're gonna save that for tomorrow because today is full." Today, yep. today, today today's is full. full. Yeah, we had yeah. to do that yesterday. We did. We told How about ourselves. we deal with tomorrow tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's deep wisdom there. Um, 
and it is so timely. It is so timely. Uh, we're going to all kinds of verses now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one, Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. This is something you just said a moment ago, Reuben. Is he going to deliver me from every eventuality in a broken world? No. We all have to reap the consequences of what we've done with God's creation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exempt. I'm going to be, unless Jesus comes in my lifetime, and I think that might happen, but unless he comes in my lifetime, I'm leaving in a pine box like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And if it's not today, it's tomorrow, or 30 years from now, or a week from now, it's not a question of if, it's only a question of when. And so we live in a broken world. We're going to have to face that. Is it going to be COVID-19 that gets me? Is it going to be a car accident? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. So why am I panicking about that? And what God says is he's not going to deliver you from every ill effect of living in a broken planet. He delivered me from all my fears. Mm-hmm. And the most valuable thing in a crisis is a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's something. And I, I don't always have a sense of peace. You know me well. I'm a worry wart. I live with you. <laughs> but there's something that happens. I bet you can see it some days when I've gone into my study for an hour or two to pray and study and talk to God about it. You come out, and okay, the problem's still there, but now I have peace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and you use the word delivered, uh, a theme that – did you have something else there? No. I want to jump ahead of no, you. No, okay. no, no, go ahead. <laughs> you use the word delivered, and, and, and another word for that that we see in Scripture is the word rescued. And mm. And I've, I've seen that as I was studying through Psalms, which is one of my favorite books, uh, the promises and that theme of God rescuing mm-hmm. us. You know, he doesn't prevent us from suffering everything as Christians that all of us as humans go through. This, this current experience is a good example. We're all going through it. None of us gets a special Christian bubble. <laughs> no. But what he does promise is that he will rescue us. And that doesn't mean prevent us from the effects of it. But right. he will he will save us in it. And I saw that theme, and I can just go through a few verses here quickly before the break. I saw it in Psalm 91 where we were earlier. My version, which is the NLT, says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. Verse 15 talks about rescuing. And Psalm 30 has that theme again. Psalm 30, verse 1, it says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. A little bit further down, there's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. It's Psalm 30, verse 5. And the second half of that says, Weeping may not last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Mm. You know, we are, we're going to see the end of this, what we're experiencing right now. We don't know when, but we are going to see. We're going to see that joy, and we're going to see the end of it. And then the neighboring Psalm, uh, Psalm 31, it says, I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. And, I mean, we can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. So, it's all through well, I don't the think, I don't think we can go on too much. And no, I know but, I, I know Reuben's got a, a stack of verses he's looked up, but I like that idea that you just put out there. Mm-hmm. Morning will come, folks. You know, we've been through this before, and uh, we'll probably be through it again before Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, morning comes. Yeah. And for some of us, maybe this time, morning will come when Jesus returns and he wakes us up mm-hmm. you know, right. and the graves right. are opened. Yeah. But morning will come. And that's why what we're really looking for now is some calm and peace of mind and resting with a God who knows what's going on down here. 
Um, one of my favorite verses is, comes from the Psalms as well. He collects your tears in his bottle. He knows your anxiety. He sees you crying. He sees the worry that you have. Some of the messages coming off of social media, I hear real worry. We prayed for somebody last yes. week. God sees it. He's collecting your tears, and he promises that this will in time be made right. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages from the Voice of Prophecy. searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Does my life really matter to God? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Back from the break, you are listening to Disclosure from the Voice of Prophecy, and uh, we're talking about what everybody's talking about. If you're just tuning in, this uh, was pre-recorded, and pre-recorded enough in advance that things may have radically changed and facts that we are uttering may have changed since we've uttered them. But Mm -hmm. while we're in studio and have our team together, we want to take advantage of it and just talk about God's promises a little bit. And I was thinking about God's promises, and I had a thought. I think it was while you were talking uh, about um, some of your favorites, Gene, from the Book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. Here's this. What if there are people that live on your street? and they're crying out to God, maybe for the first time, some of them. And what if you are the answer to their prayer? Mm. What if you are the agent that brings hope and a little bit of light past that house? And that's what I like about the Facebook group that Ruben's Neighborhood is doing and the project that we talked about in another program where you're gathering greeting cards. You called ahead to the nursing homes and got permission. Would it be okay to have people write greeting cards, words of cheer for the people who are isolated and trapped inside that that nursing home? What if you're the answer to prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, Ruben, you had a few other thoughts that you were – promises your family standing on, you're standing on, some other things you found in Scripture? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I, I, my difficulty is trying to choose which one. Um, yeah. So, you know – I I will just real quickly before I go straight to the promises again, you know, one thing that, that I, I looked at it specifically addressing what you just talked about, the the idea of getting out and, and helping people in any way that you can safely yeah. do so. You know, I'm, I'm reminded um, this verse popped up on my Bible app like a week and a half ago. It's Zechariah 7, 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts, execute justice, show mercy and compassion everyone to his brother. And I'm thinking... If that didn't motivate me to get out of my worry, 
<laughs> I don't know what would, but it just snapped me for some reason. Wow. It's just like, I need to do something for somebody. And I know my wife was the same. She was, she was the one who came with the idea of, of calling nursing homes and, and, and focusing on something bigger than yourself. I think it was, I think it was Jean who was talking about that. That really is what we're called to do mm-hmm. is, is to focus on something bigger than what's right in front of us. And that just does wonders for the worry. Mm-hmm. It's funny it's a, how it just cure for panic, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think when you focus on others, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who humbled himself, right, right all the way right. to the cross. Yeah. He lived for the sake of others. And there's something about that that does bring an abiding peace because you're not focused on self anymore, and self can be a never-ending feedback loop of selfishness. Oh, I'm panicking, and then you get another loop and another loop. But Mm -hmm. now if I'm focusing, Lord, let me be somebody else's answer to prayer, that sort of shifts the whole playing field, and you're not obsessed. You break that feedback loop, I Mm -hmm. think. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What have you got? You look something up. I saw you look something up. Well, um, I'm I'm struggling to find uh, okay, it. Now, okay, okay. So, let me yeah. let me share one here. Move along. <laughs> let me hear. Here's one. Philippians four. I was just in Philippians yes. two. With let the mind be in you. Be anxious for nothing. Yes. What? Right. Really? Yeah. For nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mm. What did that just say? There's a few elements there. Stay in prayer and supplication. Talk to God. Mm-hmm. Be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. My goodness, it's so easy to focus on what might go wrong in a month. What if I lose my job? What if we don't have mm-hmm. enough to eat? What if my retirement savings disappear? Those are genuine concerns. I'm not going to belittle those. Mm-hmm. But what if you focused on the things you're thankful for? We ate today. Mm-hmm. I had a hot shower today. Mm-hmm. My kids are happy and playing this morning downstairs in the family room. Mm-hmm. There's so much to be thankful for. And when you tend to dwell there, God says this, in that attitude of thanksgiving, let me know what you need and want. Let your request be made known to God. And again, here's what he promises. You don't always get everything you ask for, but the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, that he gives you. There's this calm. I'm not alone in this universe, and I'm not alone in this world, and I have a Heavenly Father that won't let anything happen to me unless it's okay with Him. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay with Him, it's okay with me. Mm -hmm. That's a different paradigm. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, back in Psalms again, which where it where I tend to go whenever I have anxiety or worry about anything, and and of course we're living in that moment right now. Psalm fifty five verse twenty two, give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. I mean, it's simple, but it's powerful. Yeah, it really is. It sure is. And the verse that you just shared: "Be anxious for nothing." Reading those verses during the good times, during the easy times. You know, you can appreciate them and you know that there's wisdom there and that there's truth there. But it's during the difficult times that I find those verses just leap off of the page Mm -hmm. because they're so real, because they force you to analyze your own heart and, and where you are with God and how your faith is. If you can really read that and believe it and claim it in a difficult, trying time, then that verse becomes just so incredibly meaningful. Hmm. You had a thought. Did you? 
Yeah, I mean, it just just claiming more more promises. Here. Let's go. Uh, you know, uh, we a... talked about how how God has overcome the world, right? And and that's hopeful. Isaiah forty one ten. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right, right hand. Um, the Lord is my light. This is Psalms twenty seven one. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble? And again, I'm not looking at that as, you know, it's not shameful if you do get afraid or if you do worry. I do it all the time. Yeah. But remembering these verses and telling, you know, reading these, the, Gene, you said they leap off the page. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the key right there. It's, mm-hmm. it's being mindful of the promises that God has made to us that keeps us from worrying as yeah. much as we probably well, would. A lot of the country all right, yeah. are already right now as we are, um, as we are recording this, they're on like almost 100% lockdown, I think, yeah. of places in California and so on. Everybody stay home. And I'm looking at this going, okay, God is not the author of suffering. I don't believe that, you know, he brought this on purpose to everybody. It's not his fault, the suffering in this world. I believe that. That'd be a long Bible study. But he can bring all things together for good. And I have considered this thought. With everything that's going on in this world, as polarized as the human race has become, as sort of self-entitled and bickering as we have gotten, I've always wondered what's the solution. And what if God is going to use this moment in your life out there to say, I'm going to push the pause button on everything right Mm -hmm. now, and I'm going to take away everything that looked like it was your only hope, like, I'll let the stock market slide a little bit. I'll let, you know, you were, you know, we'll, we'll just, I'm going to push the pause button on everything. And maybe you could finally spend some time with me and hear from me. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to get to know God a little bit better and turn off the noise for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. a lot. This isn't, I want to be clear, God did not bring this plague to get your attention, although there are moments where he allows things to get our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to get too deep into theodicy and, and so on, but, um, but this could be an opportunity. You know, a lot of us complain, I don't have time for Bible study. Well, you're home all day now, right. and we have a choice. It's either Netflix or this book. And Netflix, I notice everybody's binging on shows about mm-hmm. plagues. Are you kidding me? Why <laughs> would you feed that fear loop? Right. right. Why don't you take a moment? Get to, Maybe you don't even believe in God, but this could be a moment to open the Bible and see if he's not real. Mm-hmm. Take mm-hmm. a few minutes. Go somewhere. I heard a preacher say this recently. Go to that quiet place and talk to him out loud. See if he's real. Mm-hmm. And then be quiet and listen. Be know that. Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. This could be an ideal opportunity to find the calm that a lot of people have found in God, and face this thing. You know, your eyes are still wide open. It's not presumptuous. You know that things can go south in this world, but you face them with calm. I used to wonder how some of the great martyrs of the Christian faith just went to the stake and sung as they lit the the the, the sticks. And I'm thinking, man, I can't do that. And somebody once asked Charles Spurgeon, could you do that? Could you die for your faith? No, he said. I said, well, they said, well, you're the great preacher. How come you can't die for your faith? He said, I can't, but I think when the moment comes, God will turn that on and enable mm-hmm. me. That's true. It's this That's calm true. of knowing that no matter where it goes, can you imagine having a life where you know things can go wrong, but it doesn't bother you anymore? 
And that's an opportunity right now. We can open our Bibles and we can talk to God and we can ask him, would you give me what we just read about in Philippians 4, verse 6, the peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain it to people apart from there is a God and he's covering me right now and he's got this and it doesn't matter what happens. The sun, as you said earlier, Gene, is going to come up in the morning. Yeah, It's going to come up in the morning, Mm -hmm. one way or the other. Well, and I think of just a very practical application of what you just shared, which is this crisis does sort of shine a light on our lives and maybe areas that are out of balance. Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. all so busy. Right. You know, think of, of when we first heard about this virus in the U.S. and Canada. How many of us spent days even canceling things, uh, canceling yeah. plane tickets, canceling speaking engagements, canceling events, canceling mm-hmm. this, canceling that, and not just us, our children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all overcommitted, and this this in a very practical way allows us to look at all of that and assess, okay, Lord, where's my life out of balance with you? Yeah, this could be a moment for reset. It it could be a shift to what I I think of as the new normal. And I think of, as a history major, I think back to the 1918 flu. and Yeah, I was there, the rest of the crew was not. (laughs) (laughs) And just two things that were very normal before that outbreak of the flu, which they changed, and we, I personally think are disgusting now. Two things. One, there were no, no drinking fountains. There were barrels of water with shared cups. Okay? Yeah. That changed Whoa. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had to outlaw spitting during the outbreak of the 1918 flu. Okay? Two things that now seem so ick to us. So what is our new normal going to be coming out of this? And I would, I have been trying to take that as a personal challenge to say, okay, Lord, show me the areas that are out of balance and what can be... At the end of this, because the morning's coming, the joy's coming, this will end. What can I do differently that will help me to more glorify you in my life? Wow. It's an opportunity for a big old reset, folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're forced to be still. And maybe with that stillness, we can know that he is God. Reuben, you had a thought. We've got minutes to go. Yeah, you know, to Gene's point about about the new normal and how things are changing, um, you know, two things. One, um, I think this is shedding a light for a lot of people and like the crazy busy lifestyles that we all led before this pandemic (laughs) and we're still surviving. Did we really need those crazy busy lifestyles? I mean, did we really need to have our kids in five activities a week and whatever? There's a, there's a, a, an op ed that I read in the Washington post a few days ago from a neuro, sorry, neuro radiologist um, Mm -hmm. named Aaron, Aaron O'Connor. She says, I'm not minimizing the grave concerns and sobering death rates inflicted by COVID-19, but I know the most important thing my family can do is stay away from other people. And doing that has made me question why it took a deadly disease (laughs) for my family to enjoy a home cooked meal together. Wow. So after having some breakfast, my family will begin a jigsaw puzzle on the kitchen's table. Mm. Definite first. I suspect we might finish it in a week, maybe two. My silver lining is that while I have a heavy heart for the many horrors of this crisis, I've been able to carve out a silver piece of gratitude in my home, and I suspect many of you will, too. Wow. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap up the show. I'm in tears. Ah, yeah, that, that literally brought tears <laughs> to my eyes. We're all experiencing that, I yeah. think. Folks, let me, let me close by saying this. We've said it in another program. I know it's scary. I know it's a crisis, and for many people, it, it's going to get tough. But there's an opportunity in here as well. There's an opportunity to rediscover who we are, and particularly who we are from God's point of view. Mm -hmm. This is a a time to claim back your life. 
a time to claim back your life with God and with your family. Uh, maybe the pause button is going to be good for us when this is all done. And here's an opportunity to say, what have I really done to bring joy to this world? Or have I been part of the never-ending panic that goes on in this planet? Maybe I could be joy. Maybe I could be an answer to prayer. Just know that we actually take prayer seriously here. I'm praying for all of you out there. Be safe. Take this moment to rebuild your life, rebuild your family, and rebuild your relationship with God. Until next time, I'm Sean Boonstra. You've been listening to Disclosure, talk radio from the good people at the Voice of Prophecy. Visit us at voiceofprophecy.com. Until next time. Thank you.